Okay. <laughs> We're recording. I'm glad that story wasn't on there. Yay. Hi. Mm. Oh, shit. I'm, I need to sit this over here. Oh, um, me Because people don't like it when I set my cup yeah. down. Sorry, I'm going to open a drink, but... Oh, but it's like so satisfying. <laughs> That's going to be so cool when people are listening with their headphones. It's going to be like, yo, welcome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're recording. Why don't you like come sit instead of standing in the kitchen like a weirdo? What are you doing? This strawberry kind of tastes like watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> I like these teas, though. No, they're I'm really, good. I'm really into them. Me too. Okay, so, so we're, we're back. We're back after a hiatus, un, unpredicted. Yeah, wasn't that wasn't that was to not planned. Mm-mm. Not at all. Yep. Some minge issues. <laughs> <laughs> Slim's dead. <laughs> so much for doing your laundry. Oh. But we're back. Yes. And hopefully, I'm not even going to say anything about the recording schedule because last time I did, I was like, oh, we're going to be back to a, a normal recording schedule. And, and then, then we were not. And then issues happen. So you'll just hear us when you hear us. Yeah. <laughs> you'll hear us when you hear us. you get what you get. Like it. <laughs> So, okay, so we have a question. Oh, we do. We thought of it. We did think of a question. Well, we Googled. Well, Google thought of a question. Google thought of a question for us. It was, um, what was your first celebrity crush and what age? Okay. You, or who was? Do you want to address that first? Oh, I asked you first? Yeah. I thought since I read the question that you would answer first. Oh, okay. But it's fine. Exactly. Hello. <laughs> um, mine was um, Winnie Cooper. <laughs> Oh, the Wonder Years. Yeah. Or Velma on Scooby-Doo. That's so cute. Velma. What's your slam? Peter Pan. Peter Pan? Which really was telling. That's really telling. Peter Pan's very androgynous. The one I remember the most is... Devin Sawa. Devin Mm -hmm. Sawa from Casper. Also very androgynous. Yeah. That's bad. She said what she said. She said what she said. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or Topanga. Oh, yes, Topanga. Sean. I really liked me. I Sean. like Sean. I I like Sean. Yeah. Callie always says that's where my taste in men went wrong was when I chose Sean over Corey. Yeah. I think she's right. That's <laughs> very. That's very telling. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <sighs> okay. So. We got some stories for you. Yes. You said, oh, you're going first. I'm going to go first, and I have a true crime. And I got I got a good one, I must say. I'm excited to hear it. And then my shit show of a paranormal, so. I mean, our, our paranormal. At least we're hitting them with the good one first. <laughs> our paranormals are always shit shows, but they're always good shit shows. But, like, it's hard for, like, stuff that you're like, oh, there's going to be a lot of information. And then you go to, like, ten different websites, and it's literally all the same thing. Yeah. yeah Thank you for being so helpful, Google. So, yeah, when we ask for recommendations on, uh, you know, our, our socials, uh, paranormal is what we are lacking in. Yes. We really need some good paranormal suggestions, which actually my episode, my, um, my story for next week is actually a, a listener suggestion. So. Oh, sweet. 
So I'm See, really I excited found about a that. really good one. I, I mean, I think, mm-hmm. but I knew my true crime case for the next episode was super long, and I'm like, I don't have time to do research on like two super long yeah, cases because I started mm-hmm. to look it up, and there was a lot of information. So I'm excited to do that with like maybe a shorter true crime story. Yeah, true. A lot of research. All right, so which I enjoy, but. Sometimes. Yeah, I do like the research. Sometimes I, she ain't got the time. That's all I did yesterday was research my paranormal story, and then I didn't do the notes until, like, two hours ago. <laughs> but I had all the research done. Yeah. Because that's the fun part. Um, but I researched it so much yesterday that, like, Slam and I are laying in bed, and, like, every single noise in my house, I'm, like, clenching her. And I keep, like, tensing up and, like, uh. grabbing her arm. And she's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like... I, I, like, wouldn't tell her at first. I was like, nothing, no, I'm fine, it's cool. I'm afraid. <laughs> and then, then, like, the, like, 16th time it happened, she's like, seriously, what the hell's wrong with you? And I was like, I researched my paranormal story today, and I'm really freaked uh, out. Man, and it's going to be the last one you read, or yeah. last case before I fucking leave. But it has a cool twist, and it's a cool, it's... You did the Russian sleep experiment, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did a creepypasta. Uh, this uh, for next week, but I I did not. There will be more creepy pastas to come though. Yes, because yeah. I have some Those good ones. Fun. They are fun. All right, but today I'm doing a true crime, and today I am doing the disappearance of Alyssa Turney. Oh, do you know this? One? I do. Do you? I do. Good. So I have to say that the last two weeks I've been in a rabbit hole with this case because I I like. Um, podcasts like we have, like every week we have a different topic, crime junkies like that, and that's why we drink, morbid that we love. My favorite murder. You know, my favorite murder. It's always like a different case every week. So sometimes I'm just like really in the mood for like an episodic one, like that just continues on like as a deep dive into like one case. I've listened, I haven't listened to enough of those, which actually reminded me, you texted me and asked me for suggestions and I just ghosted you. No, I didn't even give you any. It's fine. I'll just go fuck myself. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, mean it. But I was like trying to rack my brain and I don't know that I've ever really listened to any that were. Besides the one that you suggested... And I started listening to it when I was cleaning Jackson's room, but oh, then I never finished it. Tom Brown's Body. Yes. Yeah, that's a cool one. I like that one. I have a lot. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a list. But so sometimes you're just like really in the mood for like just a continuation of a story. Yeah. So um, I asked uh, Stucci Bucci uh, for. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Uh, thank you. I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. welcome and thank you. <laughs> dedicated to her. Yes, all of our shows are dedicated to Stucci Bucci. Yes. Um. Anyway, she she recommended uh, the Voices for Justice podcast, which um, is really, really good. It's an episodic one. Uh, so if you're on TikTok and if you've listened to this podcast, you might be familiar with this case. But I've been listening to the Voices of Justice podcast for the last two weeks, which is hosted by Sarah Turney, who is the sister oh, of okay. the victim. Yeah. So I will make more mention later about Sarah's podcast and her TikTok, but... I, I have to say, if you want a truly deep dive into a case, I mean, like, episodic ones are always a lot deeper than just, like, skimming the surface like we do. Yeah. But this was so deep. Like, she goes into police records. She's oh, reading shit. reports. I mean, she, it's it's so deep. I'm here for that. And it was awesome. So definitely check that podcast out if you're into stuff like that. 
She has 24 regular episodes that just really deep dive into the archives of the police files on Alyssa's disappearance. She also has like mini episodes where she like posts um, like case updates because this case still is ongoing. ongoing. Yeah. So she does post like, hey, this is what's happening right now. This is what's happened, you know, last week. So uh, there's still new developments on this case coming out. So I'm going to talk about the basics of this case. Sarah goes into a huge deep dive. I'm just going to, we're just skimming the surface here. But there is so So much much, more under the surface for this case. So if you're interested in that, definitely check out Voices for Justice. The reason I mentioned TikTok again will come later, but TikTok really helped give Sarah a platform to get the media attention she needed for this case, which is super awesome. And I remember seeing there's one particular video that I'm going to reference later in the story that kind of made its rounds around TikTok and it would pop up and I'm like, oh, that's really creepy. That's really interesting. But then I never looked further into it. So when Snooch suggested this podcast I was like oh this is about the TikTok video uh so it was really cool so she has a TikTok too and uh so you should check that out but she highlights some uh points of Alyssa's case and makes videos about them so the story today takes back uh takes place back in 2001 Alyssa was a junior in high school and Alyssa sounded so cool. Like I really feel like we could have been friends yeah, with her. Definitely. Um, and then instead of me describing her, I'm going to let Alyssa's own words describe her because Sarah found an essay that she had written in school um, describing herself, and uh, you know, throughout all these. Oh my gosh, these... that would be so hard for me. I know. I I don't know how. Sarah's so, she's much stronger than I could. She goes to this whole podcast. She only... You could hear her voice breaking in a couple of times, and especially on the most recent update, her voice is definitely um, shaky, and, and you could tell she's crying, but she's just so strong throughout the whole thing, and I, I couldn't. No. Um, but she reads this on her podcast, Voices for Justice, so I thought I would share it in my retelling of her story, since it's one of the only writings that they have of, of Alyssa's. So this is what Alyssa writes about herself. I have many streaks of shades of color in my hair, from blonde to dark brown. My eyes are brown. I am about 5'4 and weigh about 115 pounds. I like to go to the mall at Metro Center. In the mall, my favorite store is Hot Topic. Yes! Right? (laughs) Right? I love to hang out with my best friends, Katie and Stacy. I like boys. My favorite movies are Wizard of Oz, Half-Baked, Biodome, Empire oh, Records and Toy Story. How that is bad such, yeah, I love like the wide array of all of those it's movies. Awesome. That's fantastic. When well, she got to half baked, I was like, yeah. Yeah. You're really gonna like this next part. I listen to heavy metal bands. Yes, like yes. Deftones, Corn, yes. Marilyn Manson, Limp Biscuit, Tool, Pantera, Ugh. Metallica. Nine Inch Nails, and Green Day. And how old was she, 15? She was 17. 17 when she yeah, wrote so that? so she's a junior in high school. Oh well, I don't God. know how old she was when she wrote this. She I didn't write that down. would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she just sounds so cool. I know. I want to be her friend. So she says, I sit in my room and listen to music or talk on the phone all day long. School is okay. I like to swim. My life is school, the phone, and babysitting. <laughs> the phone. Can you? Dude. But seriously, though. Uh, yeah. Like, I had I one was... of those, like, clear VTech. I had one of them! <laughs> yeah. I was, Callie had one first, and I was so jealous. Hers was purple. I'll never forget Mine it. was orange. Mine was too! Oh, shut <laughs> up! That is so yes. awesome. <laughs> we just bonded. Oh, 
That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, but yes, I would talk on the phone all day yes. as well. Because you like hear it beeping, like, fuck, my phone's dying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so she says, my life is school, the phone, and babysitting. I love kids. I want to have a lot of them, which makes me so sad. Yeah, that, yeah. I like to shop. It went from like here. I know. And then it just like, <laughs> like kicks crashes, you. Yeah. yeah. I like to shop till I drop or make my dad drop. <laughs> I like to go paintballing. I like my pants. I like candles. I have a lot of friends. I have very few enemies. Uh, I know. Tear just, my heart out. Why don't you? Oh, it's so hard. So, but she sounds badass. She though. does. Like we no, would have been friends sure. with her. For sure. So Alyssa lived with her stepdad, who was her adopted father. So he adopted Alyssa when, when she was like a toddler. Okay. Um, and his name's Michael Roy Turney. And she also lived with her little sister, Sarah, who Sarah now is our age. So in 2001, she was 12 when Alyssa went missing. So we would be 11 or 12 um, that year. So Alyssa was Sarah's half-sister. They shared a mom. Um, and their mother died in the early 90s when the girls were very young. They also had four older brothers, three of which were Michael's children from a previous marriage. And their brother, John, was their mother's son, so Alyssa's brother. Okay. Um, so they shared their mother, Barbara. Michael had adopted John as well. And neither John's biological dad nor Alyssa's were in the picture. So now I want to go over... A little bit of the timeline of the day Alyssa goes missing. And this is as best as her sister Sarah can piece together. And keep in mind, like, she was 12 at the time of the disappearance. So all of this piecing of information together is, is coming out, like, in recent years. Yeah. So this is her best guess of, like, what happened that day. So on May 17th, 2001, Alyssa gets dropped off to school. And it's her very last day as a junior at Valley Paradise, Aww. sorry, Paradise Valley High School in Phoenix, Arizona. And Alyssa was excited because it's the last day of school, oh, obviously. Yeah. Um, and later that evening, she had plans to attend the school graduation to watch some of her older friends graduate. And then they were all going to a party afterwards with her best friends and her boyfriend, John, which I know is confusing because she has a brother, John. So I'm going to refer to him as boyfriend, John, throughout the whole thing. Okay. So her father, Michael Turney told the authorities that he picked Alyssa up early from school that day around 11. But since, why? Well, he, <laughs> he said since it was her last day of school and she had told him, like, nothing's really going on. They have me, like, just delivering messages all day. Dude, like, I love the last day of school. I know. Last day of school is so fun. Like, teachers you don't give a shit and all. you could just, yeah. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. So nothing was really going on, so she gets picked up early. But before she left, she stops by her boyfriend John's shop class and pokes her head in and says goodbye and that she'll see him later that night at graduation and the after party. She also said goodbye to one of her best friends, Jessica, and she told her the same thing. So Michael said he took Alyssa out to lunch, but conveniently can't remember where. Like, how do you not know? I know what I eat at all times. I food is very important food is to life. me. <laughs> to me, <laughs> I will tell you what I had for lunch ten years ago. <laughs> ten years from now. Ten years we from now. I know where I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, see, so he can't remember where. So I put hmm, sus. Yeah. in my notes. <laughs> you lying. <laughs> so, and then they returned home, where they get into a heated argument about the house rules. 
So I'm going to pause the timeline here to tell you a little bit more about Alyssa and her father's relationship. So Michael married her mother, Barbara, when Alyssa was a toddler. Shortly after that, they had Sarah. So Sarah's 12 at the time of her disappearance and Alyssa's 17. So there's like, what, like five years between them. Uh, Sarah says that her dad, her, uh, sorry, Sarah says that her and Alyssa were treated very, very differently growing up. And her father was very, very strict with Alyssa, but he was very lax with Sarah. Like, rules, like, didn't apply to Sarah. That's fucked. Yeah. He was so strict with Alyssa that he had installed security cameras inside and outside of their home to monitor Alyssa at all times. That's doing a lot. It's really creepy. And it doesn't sound like she was doing anything, like, bad to warrant him to behave that way yeah i mean he says like she smoked pot and she was like starting to come out as like bisexual and he didn't like that it just sounds like she was being a teenage girl exactly uh so anyway there's more reason later on for why he said he installed the cameras but he has cameras um oh it's right here he claimed it's for Alyssa's own good because she had the learning disability adhd which I'm sorry. It just doesn't make it. My son has ADHD. I was going to say, I know people that have ADHD and like. I don't need to put up a camera. They're functioning people. Like, it's not like. I mean, I know it's a learning disability. I know that they struggle with things, but. I don't see where that would make a difference at home. Right. So, I mean, he really just seems like he just thinks she is the stupidest person. Like. That's sad. It's really sad. Like, he doesn't even think she can like fend and function for herself. Is like. If you hear him talk, you're just like, you really don't like her. Like, it's just really, he's really degrading. That's fucked up. So, she had ADHD, but this was never really confirmed, and she was, I don't believe she was ever tested for it. Like, it sounds like the schools always just took Michael's word for it when he said that she had ADHD, and he was so loud and outspoken and, like, said it all the time that they were just like, well... I guess she does have it. Like, why would a dad be saying that? It wouldn't be that much of a deal, though. Yeah. He makes it seem to be, like, a much bigger deal. deal Yeah. And um, so schools always just took him at his word. Um, He said Alyssa didn't do well in school and that she was gullible and more susceptible than his other children. And she required much more help. He claimed that she couldn't even look up a number in the phone book to order a pizza. But, like, I feel like ADHD, why wouldn't you be able to do that? Yeah. I don't no, understand. You, you totally would. So, and he would tell anyone who would listen about Alyssa's, like, he's just kind of setting her up to seem, like, like discrediting her yeah. almost, like, from an early age. So, there were a few instances throughout Alyssa's childhood where she would allude to the fact that she was being sexually abused by Michael. Fuck. So that also might be a reason why he's, like, kind of setting her up to be, like, discredited. Like, oh, well, so, she's yeah, just So, yeah, so if she stupid. says other shit, they're not going to believe her anyways. Right, yeah, just, like, trying to, like, make her look like she doesn't know what she's talking about or she's too stupid to understand or something. I mean, ADHD is serious, and I'm not trying to be rude, but it's not, like, a serious, like developmental delay thing or right and like Alyssa did fine in school like Sarah said like she had decent grades and her teachers say that she was really pleasant and she was fine in class so like they don't understand where that claim came from so anyway there was all these allegations of sexual abuse her mother actually took her as a young child to get tested at the doctor to see if there's any damage from being sexually abused and the doctor confirmed that there was 
And hate that. Yeah, hate that from the start. And I think right before their mother passed from cancer that she was planning on taking the girls away from Michael, but she just never got that chance because her cancer was, like, so aggressive. Like, it was everywhere. There's the other part of my heart that you didn't know. I know. It just ripped your heart out. So Alyssa also told a teacher that she was having sex with her dad. That's a quote. Um, But the teacher was also sleeping with the dad. So (laughs) What? So the that te- is not what I expected you to say. Yeah, the teacher's also his, the, the girlfriend of the dad. Um, and she just thought Alyssa was just jealous of this relationship and was, like, seeking attention. But I'm sorry, like, if... That's a, not what I'm going to say. If a child comes up to you and says, I'm having sex with my dad, like, I'm going to take that serious. Especially at 17 years old. Yeah, well, yeah, this was... Or was that when she was, was, like, younger? This was when she was younger. But still... But, like, I'm sorry, if a nine-year-old comes up to me and says, I'm having sex with my dad, I'll be like, first of all, what? what? Yeah. And and say more about that. Like, tell me, tell more, me more, and then let's go tell this person, the policeman, oh, more. <laughs> um, so, she said that to the teacher, and um, the teacher never reported that. I also believe she told one or two of her brothers growing up, but n- nothing was ever reported, And the summer before she went missing, she actually lived with her oldest brother, who's also named Michael. There's a lot of same names here. Um, Weird. Yeah, she lived with him for a time to take a break from her dad. So her friends also said that her dad was really overbearing and strict to the point that it was unhealthy and toxic. And it was almost like he had an unhealthy obsession with her. Yeah, I kind of wondered that. Yeah. Um, She also told her boyfriend, John... That he took her out to the desert and tried something, quotes, with her. But she was so visibly upset that John didn't press her to tell her more. He just kind of, like, when she said he tried something with her, he just assumed he made a move on her. Yeah. Um. So he didn't press her for, for more. But none of this abuse was actually documented or reported. So there's, like, there's nothing to prove that she said these things. It's just, like, all hearsay. Um. And Alyssa actually, Michael, her dad, said that she threatened to call CPS on him multiple times um, where he would counteract that by calling CPS himself and saying, my daughter with a learning disability is going to call oh you. Oh, my gosh. But He's she really playing off that ADHD card. Yeah, he really, really did. And he would call ahead and say, she's going to call and she's going to make this false claim. But really, she's just doing it because she wants my truck or she's unhappy with my rules. So, like, he was trying to set it up like she was doing it out of, like, revenge or something or being a, a twat. But, yeah. like, really, this was actually happening. Like, yeah. Legit stuff. So, this leads me to the TikTok um, that's pretty viral on TikTok where Sarah had posted a home movie where... Sarah herself is holding the camera, and this is four years before Alyssa disappeared. So, um, Sarah's like eight, and four years from 17, what that's like 13. 13. There we go. Look, I mathed and <laughs> math. So, they're on a camping trip, and Sarah's holding the camera, and Michael is telling Sarah to turn off the camera, and she says no, like a typical eight year old girl. Alyssa then yells for Sarah. She's, like, standing back in the distance. Like, it's Michael and, and Sarah, and then Alyssa's, like, back here. And Alyssa yells to Sarah, Sarah, dad's a pervert. And she has this on camera. And in response to that, her dad, like, picks up, like, a stick or a rock or something and kind of, like, chucks it in her general direction. 
And then he takes the camera away from Sarah and realizes it's still recording. And he like positions it on Alyssa and he says, and Alyssa is a stupid moron. What the f- Like to a 13 year old girl who's like, how impressionable are you at 13? Exactly. So Sarah posted this video to TikTok last May, like as she's doing her podcast to like highlight some of like what was happening. So a cousin also said he lived with them for a time and late one night he came home from a night shift at his job and you know he's trying to wind down from his job and wants to go to sleep and um you know it's the 90s so like michael has all these vhs tapes of like movies that he like recorded oh gosh this is gonna go bad (laughs) yeah that uh movies that he like recorded from like abc like well, what about when you'd pick one and what was written on it wasn't really what was on it because it got recorded over? Yeah, that's kind of what this is. Shit. So he picks one of many Michael's many VHS tapes and it's labeled Dr. Doolittle. And he pops it in and on the screen was a girl with a newspaper like over the upper part of her face, like from her nose up. But you could still see like her jawline and she had long like blondish hair like Alyssa. Um, So you can see, like, that bottom half of her face. And she's tied up, and she's naked. What the fuck? And he said it was very clearly Alyssa, because even if I put this piece of paper over my face, you can still (laughs) see my mouth and my jawline and my hair, and you'd be like, oh, okay, that's fluff. Yeah. So he said it was very clearly Alyssa. And then there was also another girl in the video that was supposedly one of Alyssa's friends, with a magazine over that half of her face who was naked as well. So he said Uh, he didn't watch any further. He immediately turned off the tape and left it in the VHS player. And no, you take it out and then he doesn't know you you, found it. You take it out and take it to the police. Like that's what you do. But he left it in the player and the the next morning he packed up all of his stuff and he left and he never spoke to Michael again. He should have, I mean, I'm not blaming him. It's not his fault. But like you should have maybe told someone. Yes. There's just, like, so many instances in this case where it's, like, why didn't somebody say something? Like, and that's, like, not small stuff either. Like, that's right. big shit. That's big. So this tape has never been found, and the other girl in the video has never come forward. Which, like, you know, why would you? Yeah. So, clearly, something sus is going on behind the scenes in this Super house. Super sus. So, okay, we'll go back to the timeline now. So he picks her up from school. They go to lunch. Excuse me. They come home from lunch and they get into an argument about the rules. And she goes to her room like a typical teenage girl. Oh, yeah. So he leaves the house about 1 p.m. to cool down. And he says he goes to the mall to find a camera lens. He also said he had some other errands to run before he needed to pick up Sarah, um, who had went on a class field trip that day because it's the last day of school. Sarah says she came out of school and didn't immediately see her dad. So she went home with a friend who she sometimes went home with after school. And he just knew to, like, get her there later. So around five-ish, he picks Sarah up. And the first thing he does, like, as soon as she gets in a truck, is he hands her his cell phone and says, call Alyssa. So what she does, and Alyssa doesn't answer. So they go home, and she's not at the house. They go to her room, and she's not in her room. They discover that she's missing. But she took nothing with her. The cell phone that Sarah was calling was left on her dresser. Yeah, a teenager wouldn't do that. Right. And they found a note left behind saying, Dad and Sarah, when you dropped me off at school today, I decided that I really am going to California. Sarah, you said you didn't want me around. Look, you got it. I'm gone. That's why I saved my money. 
Dad, I took $300 from you, Alyssa. So Michael calls the police, and this is one of the many suspicious things that he does, but he calls the police and he reports her as a runaway. He doesn't report her as a missing Missing person. person. And he even tells the police that he knows where she's gone, that she's gone to California because she had an Aunt Lynette that lived in California. And so no investigation takes place because when you report someone as a runaway, and even if you say you like, he said, I know where she's gone. Why would the police do anything? Yeah. But he didn't report her as missing. So no investigation took place in 2001. And the police determined that no foul play was determined to have happened because they said, well, we know where she is. So for six... That's terrible. They should, like, the phone. She, that's the main thing to me. She wouldn't have left her phone. No. Yeah, and we'll talk about the things that she left behind in a little bit. But, yeah, that's very... Um, you wouldn't do that. So for six years, she's missing. And Michael claimed a week later that he gets a call from her in California, but it's not confirmed if it was really her or not. And It's probably not. I'm guessing not. So the case goes cold. And... In 2006 is when it heats up again because a Florida man confessed to killing her. So this Florida guy is Thomas Heimer, and he was already in prison for killing another young woman. And he called a Florida detective and he said, detective, I'm going to make you famous. And then he proceeded to tell him that he's killed over 21 young women, including Alyssa Turney and including J.C. Dugard, who was found alive. alive. So, already he's full of shit. Yeah. So, despite him knowing some more of the intimate details about Alyssa, his story was proven to be false. And he later admitted that he was on, like, so many drugs at the time. And he really did kill a girl in Phoenix. It just might not have been Alyssa. Oh, my gosh. I don't... False confessions. I don't... I don't understand that at all. So... And in the, in the fact that he said, Detective, I'm going to make you famous. Like, he's obviously looking for some Something, notoriety. Yeah, exactly. So, in 2008, an investigation was finally opened, and the Phoenix PD concluded that file play had indeed happened. And the detective said that because of the alleged sexual abuse, they began looking at the father, Michael Turney. Michael refused to give up DNA. And there's he, your sign. Yep, there's your sign right there. And he refused to be interviewed by the police and refused to do a lie detector test. But why, like, uh, yeah, that just makes me angry. Like, you wouldn't do that unless you had a reason to. You're right. He, unless you had something to hide. Yeah. Um, and he did all of this while his daughter, Sarah, was standing by his side saying, my dad could have never have done this. Like, she was a daddy's girl. She says this in her podcast. Like, she didn't think he was capable of doing anything like this. So, in December of 2008... They pull in Sarah for an interview, and they drop the sexual abuse allegation bomb on her and say that they're looking into her father further. Now, simultaneously, while they're interviewing Sarah, they're executing a search warrant on their house. <laughs> and they're looking to confiscate any and all evidence linking him to Alyssa's disappearance. So they sieged all the f- surveillance footage and... All the he even had like a, a recording taped to his phone. So as soon as you answered the phone, it would record any and all phone conversations. Wow. So they confiscated all of that. But conveniently, the day she went missing was not among the tapes. And the supposed week later call he got from her in California. Wasn't on the tapes either. He said, Oh, the tape must have been full, so it didn't record. Oh, 
How convenient. Yeah, right. So he claimed to have watched the surveillance footage of that day, but he said there was nothing worth noting on the tape, so he just taped over it. But he had tapes dating back to the 70s that he kept and didn't tape oh, over. Yeah. But he taped over the one tape that, that could contain information about, about his missing went. daughter. Yeah, that's us. Yeah. So also during the search, police found something they weren't expecting at all and weren't looking for. Oh, no. They found 19 high-powered assault rifles. What? Two handmade silencers. A van filled with gasoline cans, all full, and 26 handmade pipe bombs. Holy fucking shit. I didn't know it was that <laughs> severe. It was It was the biggest stockpile of explosives on record in Phoenix police <laughs> history. Man. They also found, among all of this, a 98-page manifesto titled Diary of a Madman Martyr. First of all, if you have a manifesto, like, you're a fucking crazy you person. You are super crazy. Like, when I think manifesto, I think Hitler. Like, he had his manifesto. Yeah. Like, like, you're crazy if you're writing a manifesto. Yeah. There's definitely something wrong with you. So, now I'm going to pause here, and I'm going to tell you about Michael's beef with the electrician's union, the IBEW. Oh, shit. So, in the 80s, Michael worked... Uh, and was a part of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the IBEW. So he has accused them throughout the years. I mean, he's been very vocal about this ever since the late 80s, early 90s. He's accused them from everything under the sun, from hostile work environment, threats against his family. And he claims that they are the ones involved in Alyssa's kidnapping and murder. Yeah, because that makes so much sense. To get revenge on him. Yeah, they're not hitmen. I know. He makes them seem like they're like the mob. Yeah. <laughs> they're just electricians. And bro. I know like unions, like it, it can get heated and things like my dad's in a union, but like not to that extreme. though. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's just crazy. So the manifesto goes on to lay out a very detailed plan of him blowing up the local IBEW union hall in revenge. And he also thought that if he blew this place up, it would call national attention to Alyssa's case. And then he said he planned to, quote, blow his head off. <laughs> That's not really the way you should go about getting attention for your right. daughter's kidnapping. Right. He also claimed to have killed the two men who were the ones who kidnapped Alyssa. And these men, the police looked into them. They were indeed dead, but he didn't kill them because they died of unrelated causes back in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> So there's no way they could have kidnapped Alyssa in 2001. Man, think of a better story if you're going to try to make up something. (sighs) I know, it's crazy. Well, no, don't, because that's how you get caught for doing shady shit. Yeah, he's insane. Okay, unpause. So Michael was tried and sentenced to 10 years in prison for the possession of all of this explosive crap. So while in prison, Sarah continues to advocate for her father, claiming that the search warrant was executed illegally, and she filed motion after motion per her father's request. She became the family contact for Alyssa's case, and she obtains a 3,000-page uh, folder containing all the reports and documents related to Alyssa's case. And after reading through all of this and reading more about the, the abuse uh, allegations and things, she begins to realize that maybe her father could have been the one, one to kill it. Alyssa. Yeah. 
And she was actually, she says in her podcast, she was the last person in her family to come around to believe. believe it was him. Like, all of her brothers were like, yeah, of course dad did it. Like, of course he did. Who else would have done it? And Alyssa was adamant. She was like, no, no, he couldn't have done it. Like, he's not capable of that. So she was the last one to come around and be like, okay, maybe you're right. So she begins to work with police and handing over any evidence that may pertain to the case and prove the abuse, and she starts doing some investigating on her own. Now, the police assured her that they would arrest and try her father after his release in 2017, and they said they were going to do it after his release from prison so they couldn't, like, combine sentence. Like, they, like if he would go on trial and get sentenced for the kidnapping and murder of Alyssa, they couldn't say, oh, time served. He's already been in jail for 10 years. Like, they couldn't, like, gotcha. get the yeah. sentencing together. So they were going to wait till after his release so that he could have a new trial and a new sentencing and hopefully go to jail for the rest of his life. But, of course, that didn't happen. And no one could really tell Sarah why. And every time they were kind of like giving her the runaround. But Sarah's really smart. And she's like, she knew they were giving her the runaround on things. Um, So they told her that her best course of action was to get media attention. So that's exactly what she does. She created websites. She did podcast interviews. She actually did an interview for Crime Junkie. I don't know if you heard that episode or not, but it's a really good episode. Um, she went on 2020. They, uh, she collected signatures, and she eventually created her own podcast, Voices for Justice, where she reads many of the documents contained in the police file. And then she created the TikTok account, where she kind of is posting videos to draw attention to her case. So finally, police arrest her father on murder charges like after all of these years um he they he finally gets arrested and Alyssa or not Alyssa Sarah even said I don't even know what changed their mind it was just like one day they're like no we're not going to do it and then the next day it was like okay we've arrested him and she like has no idea what changed so they arrested him in August of 2020 where he is currently awaiting they trial have to now. Know something. Like, yeah, something must have come up, or I don't know. So this is a crazy ride, and we've already touched upon a little bit of the relationship between Alyssa and her father, but I really wanted to point out a few other things that I thought was pretty suspicious in this whole thing. So first I'm going to talk about the note that Alyssa left, because the wording in it is all wrong. It doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, given what happened, you know, in the timeline of the day. So the wording is wrong because it says, after you dropped me off at school, I decided to leave. Well, we know that's not true. She told her boyfriend, John, she'd see him later that night. Yeah. She told her best friend, Jessica, she would be at the party. Like, you're a 17-year-old teenage girl. If you tell someone you're going to be at a party, you're you're going to the party. So, like, why would she tell her her best friends and her boyfriend that she would see them later that evening if she had planned on running away after being dropped off at school? So, it it doesn't make any sense. The note should have read, after our fight at lunch, I decided to run away. So, it just doesn't make sense, which leads me to believe that she wrote this particular note maybe on another day. Maybe something else had happened and she thought about it and then just Just didn't didn't do it. So... You know, maybe it was like found in a notebook of hers and left. He just tried to make it seem make it seem like she was running away, and like her friends even said, like 
she never talked about running away. Like, if you're a teenage girl, you're going to tell somebody you're running Definitely. away. Especially your long-term boyfriend. Like, yeah. you're going to tell him you're running away. And she did have an Aunt Lynette that lived in California. And she did talk about, like, oh, when I turn 18, I'm going to go live with my Aunt Lynette in California. But, like, she never talked about, like, picking up everything and, and leaving. going. Yeah. Like, it was kind of, like, a dream. Like, I'm going to get out of my father's house. I'm finally going to be my own person. And when I turn 18, I'm going to go. Yeah. So, like, it was, they, she said they did talk about California, but it was more in the aspect of, like, when I turn 18, I'm going to do this. So, another thing that bothered me was that she took none of her stuff. Like, she's 17 years old. She has some things that mean a lot to her yeah. that she left behind. Like, none of her prized possessions, none of the jewelry that her mother gave her. Like, her, her, her mother, dead yeah, mother. Like, away. you would yeah. take your mother's Something, jewelry. Yeah. She left her phone, which... I know it's 2001 and she probably had like a brick Nokia phone, but, but still, still, you're a 17 year old teenage girl. And who loves to talk on the phone, yeah, which we've gonna, established, yeah, you're gonna you take would take it. your phone. And Especially if she was actually going to California because I'm sure she'd still want to talk to her friends and her boyfriend. Right. Even on her way there. Right. Like, so she left her phone. Um, where am I? And she, she left her book bag. Like, she didn't take any clothes. She didn't, like, pack a bag. Like, it's just all, like, you would take something you, with you. If you knew you were ahead of time that you were planning on leaving, you would have made sure you had something ready to go right. with you. So, she had $1,200 in the bank, too. She worked a part-time job at Jack in the Box, and she had saved up $1,200. And none of that money was ever touched. How'd she get there, then? Yeah, like... like and what if she had twelve hundred dollars in in the bank? Why would she have to steal three hundred dollars from, from her, her dad, dad, but then never touch the twelve hundred dollars? Like you would touch that money. Yeah, you would use that money. You're seventeen years old. What are you doing? Like you exactly. need that money. So that was super suspicious, and it was even more suspicious that six months after she goes missing, Michael just transferred that money to Sarah's account. No, the fuck he didn't. Yeah, so it's like. Your daughter's missing and maybe needs that money if she's still alive. And you're just and you're just gonna it. give it away. So it didn't make any sense. It was like almost like he knew she would she wasn't never touch back. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it just that the money thing didn't make sense. Another shady thing is like, where is the surveillance footage? Why did you tape over it? He is so paranoid that he has to record everything, he, but yet that one day is missing. Yeah. He claims that I've watched it and found nothing of significance on it. But, like, okay, if there's nothing on then it. why would you need to record over it? Why would you record over it? And why wouldn't you just hand it to police? Yeah. Like, if there's nothing on it, just why do you got to hide? Like, maybe the police would have seen something that you missed. Wouldn't have thought to pay like, attention to. Even if it was just her walking out the front door, that tells the police what time she left. What she's wearing, if she took anything with her, if she was talking to anybody, if somebody came to pick, pick her, her up, up, if she got into a car, what type of car that would have been. Yeah, like, a lot of simple things that, that would have told a them a lot of things. So then he said, well, she wasn't on the tape at all. She must have avoided the security cameras on her way out. Okay, you're a 17-year-old girl. You're running away from home to escape your potentially like abusive father. Why are you trying you to avoid? You what? don't give a shit. You're just you're getting out. You especially if you're afraid of him, you don't know what time he's coming back. You're just trying to get, get the fuck, fuck out of the house. He gets back. Yeah. So why are you thinking? Oh, I gotta avoid the security cameras. No, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. So 
that that was really suspicious. Like you would just like want to grab your shit and get out. Yeah. So there's just there's so many things wrong with it, and all the roads just seem to lead back to to Michael. And his story changes so many times. I think Sarah says in her podcast that he has 13 different versions of, of what, happened. what happened. He says she's on vacation, that she's visiting her aunt, that she ran away, that he actually doesn't know what happened to her, that the union took her. And then all of these stories have like sub stories. Like there's like yeah. six different versions of the union story. So it's like he can't get a story straight. So, like I said, I went into a deep dive, and this really just skims the surface of, like, everything there is that's out there evidence-wise. But Sarah's podcast is just so in-depth and detailed, and definitely check that out if you're interested in that. But even though her dad is in custody, like, the fight isn't over to find justice for Alyssa. And I want to end by saying that like we said earlier, like this story is one that could have been prevented if the teacher would have said something, if her brothers would have spoken up, if the cousin would have turned in the tape, like somebody needed to say something when it was happening to save this girl. So many little pieces of the puzzle weren't put together. So, you know, if somebody just would have reported it and had it on record or had a document of it, Alyssa might still be alive today. So, I just want to end by saying that if anyone ever tells you that they're being harmed by anyone, like, please, like, report it. Yeah. I know, like, you may think you're helping your friend by keeping their secret, but but it really does more harm than good. So Sarah now uses the Voices for Justice podcast to help other families with cold cases get the media attention that their cases need to hopefully get justice for their family, too. So definitely visit the Voices for Justice podcast um, Facebook page, which we'll link on our own Facebook page, and listen to Sarah's podcast and watch her TikToks because she's doing just so much good work. Like, even though this is a sad story, like, that's, like, the one bright side that's coming out of it is that Sarah's, like, trying to do all of this this okay. work for people. That's really awesome. So, yeah, that is that's... the disappearance of Alyssa Turney. So sad. It's so sad, but... And that's... Her dad. He is a creep. And if, like, if you watch interviews with him, he's just so narcissistic. It's like he loves to hear himself talk. And he's really, I just can't stand to watch him talk. Way too many things just don't add up. Yeah, he's super, super, super suspicious. So I'll be interested and hopefully we can post an update uh, of what comes out of this. If he's, you know, he'll he'll go to trial for it. He's sitting in jail right now. I just think COVID and everything is, is. uh, delaying things so we'll definitely post an update if we ever hear of one yes yeah. i get like super sweaty when i'm <laughs> saying my story like i'm like all hot and bothered right now like not like that but like just it's <laughs> my anxiety not like that <laughs> oh i need a shower We're recording. Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't know that. My bad. You're all quiet. Like. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> I thought we weren't recording, no, but we I was wrong. We're recording. <laughs> Look at this thing I got slammed. What is it? It's the Walking Dead Compendium 1. Compendium. That's a mm-hmm. big-ass word. It means a whole bunch of comic A whole bunch of, of stuff. Okay, 
So, I guess that means it's my turn to yes. actually, like, say something instead of just sit there Entertain nothing. Okay. So, I couldn't find, because there's really not a ton of information about this, but it's still a cool story. Um, so, mine is about Mothman. Yay! <laughs> this one goes out to Callie. Because she loves Mothman and she suggested this like before we even started recording. Dude, that we we're should talking do it. about going to um, it's yes. in like what like Pleasant's Ples- Pleasant Point. There Pleasant. we go. Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant. Pleasant. I knew. <laughs> I literally looked right at the paper and I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. backwards. We're talking about going there in May and like doing like the Mothman yes. Museum. And Callie stuff. would love that. Yeah. Okay, so it is a creature reportedly seen in Point Pleasant, West Virginia from November 15th, 1966 to December 15th, 1967. Um, then where'd he go? Yeah, right? He just... <laughs> Bye! <laughs> he peaced out. So, um, November 15th, 1966, two young couples from Point Pleasant. I shortened it. It said PP. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> from PP. PP. Point <laughs> I'm such a child. Point Pleasant. Uh, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red um, when in the car, reflection of the car's headlights. It actually chased them. It's called a possum. <laughs> and it's said to have had like a 10 foot wingspan. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the glowing red eyes, blah, blah, blah. See, my notes are a mess. Ten um, foot wingspan. Yes, that's horrifying. It's. Do you it's think very that horrifying. there's like spiders that big in the Amazon? I don't want to know. No, they're in New Zealand. Oh yeah, <gasps> toilet <laughs> spiders. Ah no! That TikTok hate it. Um, there were two fire fire. What the hell? I <laughs> I know what it's You're supposed to say, but it's not what it said. <laughs> Firemen who saw it. Um, and said it was a large bird with red eyes. Um, there have been like over a hundred reported sightings Jeez. of Mothman. I didn't realize it yeah. was that much. Um, some of them, some people just haven't even come forward either. So who knows how many there actually were. Because most people who reported um, any type of sighting like felt a really, really bad sense of dread after they saw Ooh. it. So like black eyed kids. Yes. Hate that. Um, there was a contractor. Um, Newell Pate. Patridge told Johnson, which is uh, Mason County Sheriff, that um, when he aimed a flashlight at a creature in a nearby field, his eyes glowed, quote, like bicycle reflectors. Ew. Um, he blamed buzzing noises from the TV um, and the disappearance of his German Shepherd on the creature. Um, the Mason County Sheriff, George Johnson, said he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron. Um, and it wasn't, like, native to this area, so a lot of mm. people didn't know what they were actually seeing is what he said. But, but like, German shepherd-eating herons? Yeah, right? Um, and, yeah, during the next few days, other people reported similar sightings. Um, there was a wildlife biologist, Robert L. Smith, at, um, actually, West Virginia University, told reporters that des- description and sightings all fit the Sandhill Crane, a large American crane, almost as high as a man, with a seven-foot wingspan featuring circles of reddish coloring around the eyes. It may have wandered out of its migration route. Limited commodities. That is what you would read. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this pizza bedspread. That's adorable. Pizza bedspread? 
I'm here I for that. that. I looked through well, that. That is cute. I want that. Yes, pizza. Oh, um, this now this was just something I read, whether it's true or not. Um, it said at the bat at the time, Batman was a popular TV show, <laughs> and soon the first reporters uh, reports in newspapers coined the name the Mothman, inspired by a comic book enemy of Batman called Killer Moth. Hmm. So I don't know if that's like accurate, but it was still a little cool, yeah. fun um, fact. A little now, Batman facts. Yes, Batman. You're facts. welcome. <laughs> um, this was like the main thing. Um, was actually December 15th, 1967, uh, the Silver Bridge collapsed. Mm. And it killed 46 people. And a lot of people blamed Mothman for the bridge collapse. Which I don't fully understand in any of like the research I did. It never said like he was seen that day or that night. Or, I mean, he was seen in November, like mm-hmm. a month before... But I don't know how he would have... That's the one thing that just never made sense to me. Like, yeah. they were so quick to just blame it on Mothman. But, I mean, it could be. There was a book written in 1975, Mothman Prophecies, which is, I think, the first place that linked the Silver Bridge collapse to Mothman. Um, see, I told you my notes are a shit show because now we're back into November 1966. But it was just another sighting. Uh, Greg, grave diggers working in a cemetery in Clendenin, West Virginia, spotted a strange man-like figure in the trees above their head. Ew. Yeah, I hate that. Could you imagine just looking up in the trees above your head and seeing just red eyes? Just... No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how it was. That's always up there. Just... There's supposed to be some good fishing in Clendenin. I've heard that. There's like a marina, isn't there? Yeah. Um... Many people also believe that he lived in a vacant power plant and that Ooh. he possibly was a product of secret government experiment. Ew. And then... West Virginians would say that. But here is the one weird, like, sightings, like, just stopped after the Silver Bridge collapse. Just Maybe died. he died with it. He sank with Whoa. it. Whoa. Did I just solve it? You did. <laughs> she, she, she figured it out, guys. Um, but there was actually a lot of research done, and it is said that the bridge um, actually collapsed under the weight of rush hour traffic. Um, That's horrifying. Yeah, the bridge, it was full of people. Yeah. That's like my worst fear. Don't watch that movie. What, what movie? It's a movie. They made a movie about yeah, this. Yeah, it's in my notes, Mothman Prophecies, mm-hmm. starring Richard Gere yep. in 2002. <gasps> Richard Gere? He's in it. That's like a big time Let's movie watch it. Star. I don't know if I could, because I have a really bad and i wouldn't say irrational because it's like totally something that could happen fear of drowning like there was a movie i watched um mandy moore was actually in it 46 feet down or something like that Ooh, her that and her sister terrifying. on vacation and go shark diving in like mm. a cage and the, the cable breaks and it falls 46 meters to the floor of the ocean no ma'am and i i liked it it was a good movie mm-hmm. but people being underwater and struggling to i would I hold my breath i can't do it I can't. It. I always tried, like, during, like, the Titanic scene when, like, the ship sucks down. Yes. Rose and Jack. Yeah. And they have to, like, kick and swim to get to the surface. I hold my breath during that scene. And I, I would dead. be dead. Yeah, me too. I couldn't do it. No, I couldn't. And then she hates the movie. What Poseidon. is it? Poseidon. No, I've never seen my it. My mom used to make so much fun of me. Mom, I have realized thing. Because 
I just can't watch it because it freaks me out so like I'm so terrified of the thought of a boat capsizing and me being stuck in it. Like a, a big me. wave comes and knocks. It's like a cruise ship, right? It's a big ship, yeah, and it tips the whole thing upside down. And it, just it boats upside there. down. Oh, no, no, no. And they have. There's this one scene where they have to like get from one side to the other, and like half of it's underwater. That already makes me super anxious. And it's I like can't. really narrow, and I'm already like claustrophobic. But then like add water to it, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I would no, be no. dead. I would yeah. just stand there, and I would I would just let dead. me die. Like yeah, I don't like, even just want, leave just me. Take me. I'm, it's I'm fine. Good I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> this is all fine. Um, it said that actually, so I said it was under the weight of um, rush hour traffic, and it was carrying a much heavier load than it was originally designed for. Mm. Um, the cause of the collapse is said to have been a failure of a single eye bar in a suspension chain um, due to a small defect. Like, it says 2.5 millimeters deep. That is so horrifying. They must not have tested it with elephants. <laughs> like the wheeling bridge. They yeah. should have. You ever see pictures of that? No. The wheeling, the wheeling suspension bridge, yeah, isn't it? They, they marched, marched elephants, elephants across it to, like, test the weight. Really? Yeah. That's, that's why there's elephant, facts. elephant statue down, downtown. No way. Yeah. I, okay, you know. so I didn't make that correlation. The more you know. Yeah. I didn't know that. But I had no idea. But yeah, elephants marched across. It was like, I forget how many. It's quite a few. Quite a few. elephants. Quite a few elephants. elephants. Marching across the wheeling <laughs> suspension bridge. <laughs> Mess tonight. It's fine. We're it's good. We're a good time. We've talked about boats capsizing and elephants marching across bridges. <laughs> two Dating whole different ends. At least we Dude, didn't. My give... note really literally said firemen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to say firemen. People being from PP. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Why did I like abbreviate it? It was like the second sentence. I'm like, fuck, write that out. I'm just gonna. Abbreviate though replaced the bridge in 1969 it was called the silver memorial bridge um now we get to the cool like mothman festival shit mm-hmm. it started in 2002 um and there was also a 12 foot metallic statue of the creature erected in 2003 so and it was like two two different people just kind of put up a table and that's how actually like the mothman festival even started and it just turned into something like way more. So there's a there's a statue. There is a statue. Mm-hmm. What what do they do with it? It just hangs it's out. There. They like dance and chant around it. I so, I like, would hope not. Beast. Are you trying to invoke the spirit? Because I don't think you should do that. Well, I'm just like thinking like maybe it's like an offering, like <laughs> to, save, <laughs> to save themselves from the. <laughs> We're just gonna keep us safe another year. It's like they're Buddha, <laughs> yeah. but it's the Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all there, there, I abbreviated it again. It says PP. <laughs> <laughs> but there were pictures taken while someone was driving. It didn't say who, but they were driving through Point Pleasant in 2016 that are supposedly Mothman, like, returning. Hmm. But he has also been spotted in Chicago as well. Well, you know, he has to go get a taste of that city life. Yeah. Like, gotta find out. Everybody was, needs a vacation. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's coming back around again. That was really, I mean, mainly all Maybe he's on tour. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> is. He wants everybody to put up a 12-foot statue of him. 
He likes the statue. He does. That's, that's what it is. And there was even a, a gentleman that was in one of the articles I read that said he travels a lot for, like, business. And any time that they find out, no matter where he is, that he's from Point Pleasant, they automatically ask him about Mothman. So, like, it's... That's, it's been it's like thing. it's around yeah it's a thing um was it ghost adventures that did an episode on mothman zach baggins, zach baggins. Zach baggins was there. i almost did a zach baggins he was part of this other story i, I zach baggins is part of every story He's part of every paranormal <laughs> story ever and aaron poor aaron oh aaron we offer aaron. this is your offering it's aaron it's aaron i'm your aaron you're our aaron you are our aaron <laughs> If we ever, like, do, like, ghost hunting things and we take Slam, we should be like, Slam. Go first. Go in that hole. Go in that room. Tell us what you see. <laughs> we'll give you a camera. We go down even, them steps. We don't even have to go in. You just record it for us and let us know. <laughs> May the Screw. odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's still a cool story, even it's though there cool. wasn't much no, research. Because, I mean, he was only there for, like, a year. He maybe he's just passing through on his way to Chicago. Oh. <laughs> I'm just passing through. I'm gonna cause some shenanigans and <laughs> just gonna steal some German shepherds. <laughs> looks like maybe he nice... just wanted a puppy pet to go with him to Chicago, and maybe that's why he, he took the German shepherd. Maybe he's traveling with it. He needed a companion. Companion. Uh, that was a good one. I like. I like that. I, yeah, I, I would love to go to the museum for sure. Yeah, and, and if we, the we are planning on going in May, so I'll take some pictures then and. Yes, that'll be fun. So, so yeah. Do we have any business? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Other than we are talking about stickers. Yes. So if you have any ideas for like catchphrases or cool stickers you might want to buy from us. (laughs) (laughs) Or if anybody's like an artist, we would love to use like a local artist to draw some stickers. That would be so dope. Because I already have one of my friends... This is business. Oh, business. Um, he is going to create some music for us. Yay. So I'm super excited to see. He's fucking music master. I'm so. really excited about that. So cool things are happening. Yeah. And it's all because of you guys' support. So thank you so much for that. Like We us. do have a TikTok now. We do. We yeah, do. I, I literally things. don't know fuck all about TikTok besides I watch it a lot. We've but I don't a lot of views, record man. it. But yeah. We've I'm been, sure we'll get to videos. Yeah, of, we'll, of us together. I'm I'm going to teach Maiden all the TikTok ways. Yes. And, well, <laughs> slam, or Slam will teach me. Slam's doing a crumping dance from TikTok. One of the two. I'm not crumping. She is, Maybe we'll she's post crumping. a video one day of Slam crumping. Yes. I don't know how to crumb. We'll get Slam really drunk one night. <laughs> I don't want to offend the crumpers. <laughs> We'll watch a YouTube video. Yeah, that's how you learn shit. Yep. Fucking YouTube it. <laughs> you need to change your brake pads, YouTube it. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. That's a really Maybe bad idea. Maybe stick to, like, makeup tutorials and, and crumping. Yeah. That sounds better. Don't replace car parts. <laughs> okay, yeah. Socials. Like yep. us. Like them. Share us. Share them. And um, that's how you can help us out. Leave us five-star reviews on wherever you listen to your podcast. I thought you were going to say watch. <laughs> wherever you watch your podcast. Wherever you watch your podcast, <laughs> um, leave, leave us a review. Yeah. You can also review us on our Facebook page. So get on it. Definitely. And I think that's it. We out, I guess. Yep. Bye. See you next time.